friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. This episode of the Man Cave Podcast is an instant replay of the Dan Casper Show on September 29th, 2022. All right, we've got uh, the three questions up on Twitter. So if you want to vote, we got three, three of them, count them, three different questions coming at you. Um, we'll, I'll ask intern over there here in a little bit when we get to these questions. Don't want to jump too far don't ahead tax here, so. me too much early i know that's you know it's kind of easing you on yeah. in well i'll tell it's you like it's like an easy beautiful. par four there you, you know, there's straight. no easy par four for me there i'll tell you this has been beautiful weather like for bull hunters to get out in the morning oh my goodness it's mm-hmm. nice weather it is i'm hoping to get out uh well friday night and saturday morning so uh, hopefully we'll see well get out before <laughs> dark it'll be a lot easier Oh, yeah. Friday night might be Friday a Friday afternoon. There you go. Ish. P.M., Friday p.m. Afternoon. There you go. Uh, let's uh, start things off talking a little baseball here. Brewers officially now just one, or excuse me, half a game back in the wild card standings. Cubbies doing their best to help out the Brewers. They'll try again for this afternoon. Brewers should know by the time they start their game tonight against Miami whether they are tied with the Phillies, or whether it's back to a one-and-a-half game lead. Again, reminder, Brewers have seven games left. Phillies have eight. That's why we got this half game kind of lingering out there. Phillies have a doubleheader on Saturday. And they also the have a tiebreaker, don't they? Yes. So even though if they are tied, it would go to the Phillies, and because, again, there is no 163, game 163 this year. But... They're they're hanging around, as the Counting Crows would like to say in their in their hit. But uh, first, before we get to the game last night, you know, I, I kind of made a note on it on Twitter when I first saw it. But Christian Yelich not in the lineup because he's struggling when there's eight games left and one and a half back. That's supposed to be your dude. I mean, that's inexcusable, right? I mean, nope. and I know they won and all that, and you know, it worked or whatever. But still. It's like, dang, you know, big-time guys aren't sitting out when it's a playoff chase like that. No, I'm telling you what, you – you, and he's a mild-mannered guy. I mean, he never talks to the press. You never see him excited or anything like that during a game. But you question his toughness in these tough times, you know, and that's the thing. Is he fighting Craig Council or he just saying, oh, yeah, you're right, I'm not doing well, I'll sit? Or is he saying – I got to play. You know, I don't know what's going on in the clubhouse and how much he's uh, pushing back about not being in the lineup. But you think of some of these guys, the stars, so to speak. And I, I just think of the old days. I mean, a, a guy like that on some of these Braves or the older Cardinal teams or the Giants or the Dodgers, you, you tell them they're not going to play and they'll tip the clubhouse over. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know about the fire in his belly. I don't question his talent, and it's not showing through this year, obviously, but I question the fire in his belly, and that's maybe what bothers me more than, you know, not up to 
playing to his salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, one dude who uh, has been stepping it up in, in the second half, and I think having a very quiet but tremendous year, and really his best season statistically is Brandon Woodruff, who uh, was had another stellar game last night, 10 strikeouts. Four in a row. Yeah. Yeah, he's 13-4 and four this year, 3.05 ERA. I mean, these are, you, you look at it, that matches, or I should say last year was his best ERA at a 2.56, but it was one of those, like, he was 9-10, and 10, you know, weird things there. But the second half, if you pick a second half MVP, uh, if he's not top on that list, he'd be pretty darn close uh, to the top right there. But he went out there and really tried to carry his team on his back and got it done. Yeah, with these last seven games, you'd like to see Corbin Burns start tonight and then Woodruff come back and then Corbin Burns come back <laughs> because the rest of them you can't trust. I mean, Woodruff had a beautiful game last night. I was watching the game. And then they bring in who's Bush or Beck mm-hmm. or whatever his name Bush, was. Bush, yep. guy they got from San Diego, right? Uh, no, this was the Texas one. Oh, this was the Texas yep. But what does he do the first batter he faces? Mm-hmm. Home run, dead center field, and I thought. And then by that time, it was that made it two to one, and I thought, "Don't tell me Woodruff is going to pitch another masterpiece, and he's coming out, and these guys are going to come in and blow it again." But then they brought in a credit counsel for bringing in Williams in the yeah. seventh inning and stopping this thing, mm-hmm. because you don't want the Cardinals to get on a roll because they seem to hit so well in American Family Field. And I credit counsel for making the decision to bring Williams in because this guy came in and gave up. I mean, in that pitch, even the guy said, you can't miss that pitch. It's right down the middle of the plate, belt high. You know he's going to hit it. Oh, I mean, you just don't throw pitches there. And it was just, I thought, oh, here we go again. Mm -hmm. But thank goodness uh, they won it. They're half game behind. They're still alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, still there. Um, And, well... They they've got an opportunity going up with they're all at home, yep. Miami, Arizona. These are winnable series. You still need help. Yep. You still need help. But the way but, the Phillies are playing right now, yeah, you got to take advantage of it. But they've got to find ways to put runners on base, and uh, you know that's the thing. You know they get going and all of a sudden they get beat two to one or something like that. I mean, you, you can't have that now. I mean you. you throw it all against the wall and hope some of it sticks but they got to get more offense because i don't trust the pitching staff after corbin burns and after woodruff i just don't and outside of williams Mm -hmm. and some other guys have been good at times but not consistent so you got to put some runs on the board Mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree Totally agree. So, uh, if you're looking at the the pitching matchups tonight, going for the Brewers is going to be Eric Lauer. Uh, he's going to get the start uh, tonight, going up against Garrett uh, from Miami, who's three and six with a three point five two ERA. Then uh, Corbin is uh, the next day. Then it's kind of up in the air at this point, which no big surprise because we well, got Hauser on the injured list. Which you know, I don't wish injuries on anybody, but Hauser's the one that makes me really nervous every time he's <laughs> you know, starting a game and, yeah. and that sort of you thing. You and me so. both because you know it's just unbelievable the home run pitches they give up mm-hmm. at, at, at the wrong times and so thank goodness that home run i thought that started the seventh inning with that guy's home run and the substitute or the relief pitcher coming in there for woodruff i thought and i don't know if woodruff was tired or if he can only pitch six innings i mean 
if he's going to be a horse, he's got to go seven or eight in some of these tough times. Or are they kind of thinking three days rest? Well, that's a possibility. I hope maybe they are. If they're thinking three days rest, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I don't think you can. I mean, you're going for it. Mm-hmm. It's a long winter to rest up. I, I just want to see Burns and Woodruff on the mound a little more than six innings, especially the way he was going last night. Struck out 10, shut out. They weren't hitting him. Mm-hmm. Nope. They had been through the lineup two or three times, and when you don't hit him that many times, you see him, he's better than you are. And he was better than they were last night. Then he came out. Thank goodness they they got some timely hits, and Williams came in and put out any potential fire there, but uh, it was starting to smolder for a little bit, and yeah. then he stopped it. Yep. Yeah, I, I I mentioned at the beginning, too, but you're right. You know, bringing in Devin Williams in the seventh there kind of gave you flashbacks from a few years ago when they bring in Hayter, you know, at, at those points. And it was a little bit easier because you had, like, Corey Canable, I think, you know, at the back end that you could still throw out there to mm-hmm. – to get a save and, and that sort of thing. but That's what I was thinking last night. I or said, Jeremy Jeffries. And, yeah, yeah. This shows you how important this game is when he's bringing Williams in the seventh to stop this rally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So are you starting to gain you a little bit more confidence that they can get I know last week we kind of like, yeah, maybe about no, two I was, or three. I'm more excited today than I was last week. Yeah. I will say that. I'm, I'm really, really excited about their chances. Mm-hmm. I really am. Yeah, I mean, getting in fifth year in a row which i mean so, which for a small market team like milwaukee is unheard of mm-hmm. but uh again i uh i would i'm more excited now obviously than i was like i said a week ago i was ready to throw in the towel but uh now they're they've hung in there and so i give them credit mm-hmm. um got to do it one more time though brewers fans you do have to cheer for the cubs today so 120 is their game no oh, i don't one have more any, time. i don't have one any trouble time. cheering for the cubs they're you know they're you know, when we didn't have a brewer, or we didn't have a baseball team. You know, between the Braves and, and when the the Brewers came in, I rooted for the Cubs. I don't have a problem with the Cubs. That'd Ridley be a good question. A beautiful if, play. If there was no Brewers, I should think this area would be more Twins. You know, if they were. To I'm be, a National League guy, right? And you're kind of old school. No yeah. Offense, well, I was brought up with the Milwaukee yep. Braves and you know the Dodgers and the mm-hmm. Giants, the Reds, the Cardinals, Pirates, Cincinnati. But now there's no DH for those younger people, you know, would they be a little different? I don't know. I don't know. But I I would, if I didn't have the Brewers, I would root for the Cubs. I'd follow the Twins, but I'd root for the Cubs. And I'd Mm -hmm. root for the Twins. But if you asked me where my first allegiance would be, it would be with the Cubs. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) So you really don't like the Cardinals, huh? Oh, I don't mind. No, I respect. Kidding. I'm just. I yeah. respect the Cardinals. They. Had no, I was talking I about respect yesterday. The Cardinals. They That's, could switch a manager every couple of years and still never. You know, it's, it's like, something yeah. about the system they've got there that it's in place. St. Louis is the most knowledgeable baseball town in the whole country. You know, they don't support football. They've had football teams. They don't go. They don't support basketball. They got the St. Louis Blues that play hockey. But baseball is St. Louis. For a major town to only have two major sports shows you how important baseball is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so speaking of baseball, last night uh, history was tied with, with Aaron Judge hitting 61. And this is one of our uh, Twitter questions. So log on to your Twitter account there in turn and you can okay, vote on this. But, on. Uh, uh, because there are quite a few people out there who still don't acknowledge Barry Bonds personally. As the home run all time leader, like Bud Selig's one of them. You know, he's. I'll raise my hand. There too. So let me ask you this then. 
If Aaron Judge hits 62, do you personally recognize him as a single-season record holder? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I would, because McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, you know, mm-hmm. they they use PEDs. Mm-hmm. And they're illegal in the game. Now, if they were legal in the game, then I'd recognize them. But mm-hmm. they're illegal. So you can't you can't do it. It's like, you know, letting a guy run a 100-yard kickoff back to win the game, but he ran out of bounds half the way. Well, he still ran 100 yards. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't do it legally. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. If PEDs were legal, then Bonds would be the home run champion. No, I, Hank Aaron is still a home run leader to me. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm kind of curious to where everybody is going to go because, yeah. you know, we're a lot of people are talking about the AL record, but I'm kind of curious just from because, you know, obviously it's not going to, they still recognize officially in the books Bonds and McGuire, mm-hmm. but personally, I'm, I'm kind of curious to get where a lot of people are with this thing because you're not really hearing a whole lot about that from that side. No, you're not. And and that's kind of a, I don't know, a, a dichotomy or whatever. They recognize it in the books, but who recognizes it? Mm-hmm. They don't seem to want to vote these guys into the Hall of Fame. That's true. Yeah. So are they recognizing it or are they not? You know, you can't have it both ways as far as I'm concerned. And I just, as long as PEDs are not legally accepted in the game of baseball, those guys' records don't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. They were great hitters. I won't take anything away from the great hitters. you got to have great hand-eye coordination to be able to hit the ball coming in at 90, 95, 100 miles an hour. But between hitting the, being able to put the bat on the ball and how much extra juice you got to propel the ball further with PEDs, that's the question. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's not accepted in baseball, the writers won't put him in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't accept him. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Judge hits another one. He's, to me, the all-time season home run leader. And this is because we got some votes flooding in on our tour account. You want to know where it's at? 50-50, which I kind of yeah, thought it well, would be around no, that's there. Fine. It's, yep. A, yep. it's an individual thing. Exactly. It, that's it why, depends, that's why I'm saying personally, how would you recognize that? And I'm, I'm kind of a, you know old school, respect the hard work and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, that's, that's where I stand. But everybody's you know, it's a, it's a great question to ask because mm-hmm. you do have both sides of the coin. And, and are the other, is the people that don't agree with me wrong? No, I'd never say they were wrong. Yeah. But I, I just don't accept it because it's not accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, what other rules in other sports can we bend the rules, so to speak, and change who our leaders are in different categories. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's. I think they're. It's limitless. I'll be curious to see how this goes. But yeah, yeah. that's. I just I'm kind surprised of... a little bit that it's fifty fifty. I thought it might be a little bit more towards the fact that Judge would be considered the single season home run leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe I would. The one thing I wish, and and I'm you know I'd kind of like to see like a breakdown. Maybe it's like generationally, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that'd be neat to, to kind of see how that. many old guys like me are <laughs> saying about that. But right. the purists of the game, because mm-hmm. you know, you look at a guy like uh, Henry Aaron, you look at his statute, you put him in a lineup with different players with. Ted Klazuski and Frank Howard and some of these old-time guys and say, okay, which one of these guys hit 740 home runs in their career? And 
you know, how many without knowing it from the new generation would pick Hank Aaron? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not. Uh, maybe a couple. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and you look at uh, how these guys bonds McGuire Sosa, how their bodies changed, <laughs> and it wasn't from it. You know, I'm sure they were in the gym, but their bodies didn't change just from curling an extra 50 pounds a day or something like that. Right. So, you know, that's that's where I'm coming from. I, I just admire, you know, Roberto Clemente and, you know, all these guys. Stan Musial, Ted William, you know, Babe Ruth, he was, he was an, al- an anomaly. And, uh, you know, he was a big guy, but let's face it, he, he wasn't going to be on the... Uh, on the cover of Mr. Universe magazine. (laughs) But uh, they had the skill to do what they did, hit the ball. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from the skills of Bonds. Uh, I I think Bonds without the PEDs would have been considered... Hall of Fame probably. Oh, absolutely Hall of Fame, but right up there with... You and I have talked about Ken Griffey. Oh, yeah. Right there yeah. with Griffey is one of the best hitters of all time. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't think there would be any debate. So, I know we've probably talked about this, but I just I can't remember off the top of my head. Would you put Bonds in the Hall of Fame right now, given what's everything? I would. I'd put mm-hmm. Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, too. McGuire? Yeah, I think McGuire would get in. Sosa, I, I, I would don't think I would put in. But McGuire, McGuire came in as a rookie and hit, what, 52 home runs Something as a rookie. Like, yeah. I mean, he had a lot of home runs before he got on the juice. But, uh, you know, until they, and if they will, I don't know. But as long as the writers, and they're supposed to be the, uh, you know, the that kind of wall of do we get in or do we not get in, as long as they're not putting them in, you know, yeah. and there's all kinds of guys like that. You know, you look at the... Uh, Kind of Paul, Paul Merrill, and you know, and then the pitchers, you know, you got uh, some Clemens, of Clemens and, and yeah. those guys. Do they deserve to be in on their record? Yeah, I think Clemens, before he started using the juice, was was a Hall of Famer, and I, you know, and I, and I guess, I don't. Know, Hall of Fame is a wonderful honor, and you know, if I was in the Hall of Fame, I would say no, I don't want those guys in. But being just a, a fan of the game. I think they deserve a place somewhere mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame. Now, if that's in the regular hall, I don't know. And you know, do you keep making little sections say, "Well, this was during the PED era; these guys get in." So I don't know. How. It's a it's an ongoing question. That I don't think we'll ever get a definitive answer to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned um, looking at McGuire's numbers, and it was like, and he had those ninety three, ninety four years with with Oakland where. He, you know, only played twenty seven games and forty seven games with injuries and maybe mm-hmm, that's where mm-hmm. a kind of thing started off a little bit. Well that's what know? he said. Remember when yeah. the writer saw that uh, Andrew Steen Dion on a shelf of his locker, they said, What do you use that for? He says, I use that to heal faster from my injuries. If I take that when I my workout, it heals my muscles or whatever, whatever however he said it. But th- that's what started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you kind of look at it and it's like, man, you might be up to 700 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, 49 in 1987, uh, his first full season. Yeah, I know he was right around 50. The, the year prior. So. And I think he had the talent to, con- whether he would have hit as many as he did, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he certainly had the, had the earliest success in his career. 
Uh, right before, we got to take a quick break, but we'll take a really quick phone call here this morning. Uh, good morning. Who are we chatting with? Hey, it's Central Brad here. How are you guys? Hey, Brad. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Hey, I think you, you know, I'm old school like you, Bob. I got, I think we got to keep them out. You know, there's guys like, well, you're disrespecting Pujols. If he had a little more time where he wasn't injured because he took some PEDs to get back quicker, what records would he have? You know, all these guys that did it right. These guys don't belong in there. It's just my opinion. No, I I agree with you. I think, too, you know, did they bend the rules, Brad, or did they break the rules? The Bonds, Maguires, the Sosa, the Clements. How do you look at it? I think a couple of them were bending the rules just uh, just to try to play the game, like Maguire trying to get back. Like even Braun, he wasn't taking it to get back. He was taking it to try and get a couple more games in. And then some of these guys, I think it just took off from there. And then they were blatantly breaking it because they saw what they could do with it. Yeah, and, but but then again, how do you how do you make that subjective decision on, well, McGuire and Braun were trying to heal from injuries. Bonds was trying to get stronger so he could hit more home runs because McGuire and Sosa were taking headlines away from him. Was he breaking the rules or was he bending them too? That's that's the gray area, and I uh, they either got to say they were bre- they were breaking the rules, and which is to me why you have to have a hard line on it, and they can't be in. Otherwise, you, there's so much gray area you could play with. You have to just make make the rules, go with it, and that's why baseball I think has a bad look. It's been going on for thirty years now with these guys with PEDs to the cheating Astros that everybody is so upset about. Nobody got a one-game suspension out of that. You know, baseball is looking stupid, and all of these um, all these decisions they make, they just need to get hard about stuff and have a pure game. Yeah, there's quite, they've sidestepped a few things, hoping it would go away. but uh, mm-hmm. And maybe Houston, it has gone away by now for them, banging on a garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Brad. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Brad. Hey, guys, have a good one. There you go. But, so. uh, yeah, I mean, banging on a garbage can – the Dodgers are still upset about that World Series, and they got a right to be mm-hmm. because they cheated. Uh, quick update on on the on the poll here. So it has moved to fifty five point six percent say no, they would not personally recognize Aaron Judge as the single season. But it keeps going back and forth here. Uh, the other questions for you to ponder. Don't vote yet, Bob, but I'll give them to you right now because mm-hmm. I was in a question mood this morning here. Uh, this one's based off of like if. If we do get it, uh, Tampa Bay and Kansas City potentially playing in Minnesota uh, on Sunday night, would you pay money to attend a game if you weren't a fan of either team? Something like like that. Uh, right now, just oh, uh, well, another vote just came in, so sixty one percent of you say yes. Ponder that one for a little bit, and then the third one when we get to to a little Green Bay talk. This one's at fifty fifty. Do you still fear, quote, fear, or get nervous about a Bill Belichick-coached team? And that one's at 50-50. So, uh, so we got a couple texts uh, to catch up on. Uh, one texter saying, if you're linked to PEDs, you are dead to me. Uh, we got... Uh, living I know dream. where his vote is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, living a dream. Jeff, uh, as for baseball back in the early 1900s, uh, were baseball players drinking Coke when cocaine was in the drink? Do we know if Maris was taking greenies like many players did, which were also performance enhancing? We know about the steroid and the PEDs, even the 
the the bullfrog sunscreen, but there always has been and will be some sort of cheating in baseball. Seabomb uh, asking, uh, did you see the absolute lack of fans last night in a playoff run? Is Mark Anasio and David Stearns getting what they deserve, make a deflating move like Hater, and turn off the fans? Six years ago, one game out of a wild card, and that place would have been standing room only. Would you agree with that? I I wasn't paying attention to the crowd last night, so I can't really address that. Anytime you have St. Louis in town or the Cubs, you're going to get a lot of extra fans mm-hmm. wearing the opposing team's jersey. So I wasn't aware of, I don't know how many people were in the stands. I know when I went a week ago Sunday, there were 36,000 there. So I don't know how many were there last night. But I would expect for the rest of the season, there should be fans in the stands because this team is in the running. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would hope they'd get there. Mm-hmm. If I had a chance, I'd go to a game. But I, you know, my schedule isn't going to work with that because uh, next week we've got World Dairy Expo all week. So... I'll be down in Madison, but, uh, you know, I, I would hope fans would be in the stands. But uh, I think two people are frustrated with uh, the lack of help that they got for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, surveyor. Morning, DK and intern Robert. I uh, hope you and everyone is enjoying this beautiful weather. All I'm going to say is if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a that's a popular saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about uh, putting the actual fact into motion there. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how many people do that. Yeah, and so. you know, and what is cheating? You know, right? Uh, you know, it's I don't know. There, there are different things that are done. That well, that's just the way they play the game. Other things like taking PEDs, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, we got a few minutes uh, left at the top. Uh, so, do you, looking at this uh, game tonight, or let's let, let's look at the series with with this with this Miami squad. Think the Brewers can take three out of four at least. What is Miami stat? I haven't followed Miami at all. Are they? What is their record? Miami has a tendency to find Play spoiler these great young yeah. players. I mean, they had Yelich, they had Jan uh, Carlos Stanton. They they find all these young players that they can't keep, and why? Because I would think Miami would. Well, of course, Miami. Everybody's out in the sun, running around in a boat rather than going to ball games. But uh, you know, I would think Miami would be able to keep pretty good teams. But they always have a bunch of good young players on their roster, and they can raise havoc. So I don't know how far out of the picture they are. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. uh, but but I always respect Miami as. Fielding good teams, mm-hmm. they really do. Right. So, uh, but the Brewers going to have to win three out of four. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about it. You don't split series now. You got to win them. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'd agree. Uh, they got Garrett, who's uh, three and six with a three point five two ERA. Ella Santero uh, going tomorrow, who's fourteen and eight with a two point three two ERA. Uh, Cabrera six and four with a three point one five ERA on Saturday, and then Lopez uh, ten and ten with a three point nine zero ERA. So I mean. They're Solid numbers. Yeah, they're gettable. Yeah. And, and I think council, you know, I don't know what's going on, and I really don't know the personality of Yelich, but what we see, he's quiet, he's calm, and council seems to be the same thing. I mean, you know, we've talked before about, you know, his press conferences are about like Bill Belichick. You get absolutely nothing out of him. Mm-hmm. But does he have the personality to pull Christian Yelich aside and say, hey, 
got to suck it up and step into it. Mm-hmm. You're our team leader here. Yep. I can't be sitting you down because of lack of performance. That's just not fair to the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. you got to find a way. And if this guy can't step up in these last seven games, and if he's not playing, then I really think that says something about about him. I, you know, I, I respect his ability because he's showing how good he can be. But I don't respect if he's not playing in these last seven games or he only plays two or three, then I lose a lot of respect for his drive, his guts, so to speak, to put it mild or put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. He's got to have the guts to step up there and want to do it. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you know, you, you just, you know, Aaron Rodgers, well, Aaron, you didn't play very good last week. I think we're going to sit you down. How good will that go over? Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's High V in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Uh, surveyor saying that uh, I will never be nervous of a Matt Patricia-led offense, talking about uh, whatever role he is with New England. Apparently he is calling the plays over there, but yeah. Um, quick update, uh, still 52.9% of you uh, still fear or get nervous about a Bill Belichick coach team. So I'll ask you that question in turn. Are you still nervous about a Bill Belichick coached team? Normally it would be, but not this year, because I think they're really in a state of flux with not only their player personnel people, but uh, who's on the field, but also, as surveyor said, with uh, Matt Patricia calling plays, you know that's not the not going to be uh, mistaken for some of the uh, outstanding play callers in the league. I, I just think Belichick's system right now is in a state of flux mm-hmm. so I, i'm not i'm not too worried about it this year but uh, you know that's why they play the game you know and being at, at lambo this week i have and i don't think this mac jones can play even though he says day by day or day to day in that press conference and he's and, also not a doctor he said uh, or an orthopedic surgeon or you know he's like do you want me to look at the mri did you see did you hear yes, that yes yeah. i saw that uh, i I don't even like to watch him in a press conference because it's it's like he's trying to trying to make the reporters look stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he looks stupid because they ask him very legitimate questions mm-hmm. that a normal coach answers, yeah. and he doesn't. That's why when they were over the Super Bowl, I wanted to go to just one press conference to see if it was all about what it is on TV. I was too scared to ask a question because I didn't want to be like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the guy's intimidating. I, yeah. You know, he is. He's intimidating. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think in those press I respect him as a coach and what he's done. He's had, obviously, success that nobody else has. But in these press conferences, I, you know, the word I use is a jerk. Mm-hmm. He's just a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. Maybe, it's, maybe we're, you know, jinxing it or whatever. But right now with this team... I don't really feel like I'm I'm too nervous. I mean, I think he's still going to try to do what he's always tried to do defensively, which is what try to take away your number one or number two option 
I mean, there's that story. But who is that for the Packers? That's a good question, too. And that's something I kind of talked about in our newsletter. So, you yeah, know, there's yeah, a Devontae, right there. Adams isn't there. Right. So, take away Lazard, you take away. Is it Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, you take yeah. away, you know, some of our other running backs. Uh, you know, who do you take away? Right. I, mean, I think that's a very legit question. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, well, Aaron Rodgers and all that, but we're talking skill player, like position. Skill position players. Yeah, you can't take Aaron Rodgers because he's going to handle the ball every snap. Right. You know, so he's in the mix. Mm-hmm. But who who else on that offense? If you shut down Alan Lazard, does that mean you shut down the Packer offense? Not hardly. You shut down Jones. Does that not not necessarily? I, I just think there's too many options out there. And, and I think he's getting. I think Aaron Rodgers is getting more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And because uh, where I was going with that too is that uh, there's. I think it was thirty for thirty with Belichick and Parcells. But if you remember the Giants and Buffalo Bills Super Bowl, he talked about where they just let Thurman Thomas run. But it was because, well, they took out the passing game then. You know, because I think Bill Parcells is like, at first he's like, what are you, nuts? You know, and like Thurman Thomas was having running lanes, but took out the pass and who ended up winning the game. But that's something Bill Belichick will go out and try to, you know, sit uh, double teaming a wide receiver or something like that, making other people beat you. But that's a... That's a question. Like, it's like who, what, what would be the game plan for for this Patriots defense to try to go and, and shut down who at this point? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's Aaron Jones if I had to rank him, but he has already proven that he can be effective in both the running and the passing game. So it's not like you can like load up the box and like, all right, Aaron Jones, we're going to stop there. But you, they've proved that he can do different things. So, yeah, he's not one dimensional. Yeah. Exactly. So that's where I'm like, I don't know. I really, I'm kind of curious to see how it is. But, um, and again, maybe we're kind of, you know, kissing our own death here by kind of doubting Belichick here a little bit. But I just, the, with the rot, I mean, with. I don't doubt him. I just think this year he's down. Yeah. And, and, and I his think a lot of. back is out. I mean, uh, day by day, I, I don't see. Do you think um, it's an ego thing where he puts Matt Patricia in as an offensive coordinator who's done really nothing in offense? I mean, he was a defensive coordinator back in the day. Then you got Aaron Judge also helping out, and I Ooh. get Aaron Judge or uh, not Aaron Judge, Joe Judge, uh, the former Giants head yeah, coach, oh, yeah, yeah. who's special teams. But I think he helped out with wide receivers and that sort of thing. But he's in the mix with that too. It's like it's an ego thing to kind of go like, yeah, I still, you know, this is my team. I have all the, I push all the buttons and do all the levers, and I can make anything work and sort of thing. I, I yeah, I think if I'm a, a New England fan, um, well. We're going to be down now because Bella. I mean, Belichick has got to be getting near the end. I don't, you know, he's seventy years old. I think, you know, he's and I think they're in a state of flux as far as there doesn't seem to be a young quarter, a young coach on this team since uh, his kid. kid. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, what's his name went to Oakland, yeah, and he hasn't been real successful. Las Vegas. Or Las Vegas, thank you. He's <laughs> old, old school. But, uh, you know, he went to coach the Raiders, and, you know, obviously the Raiders haven't been world beaters yet. Nope. So who's who's on his staff that is logical to take over? And I don't think, you know, bringing Judge in, bringing Matt Patricia back, you know, those are, I don't think those guys are being looked at by the management as replacement for Belichick. And I would be shocked if somehow they would promote his own son to be the head oh, coach. At I, don't see I, I, yeah. I didn't even know he was, he was a coach, and yeah. then he's a whatever coach and he does. I don't think it's a real 
involved as far as uh, determining the outcomes of games. Uh, assistant defensive coordinator or something like yeah, that. He's the, is he the defensive coordinator? I don't know. He's technically the linebacker's coach, but there's some people like, well, he kind of calls the plays sort of thing, too. It was like, it's kind of like Brian Flores when he was there. He was a linebacker's mm-hmm. coach, but he was calling defensive plays, too. So it's one of those. Bill Belichick things. Yeah, and Belichick, of course, is a, a defensive coach, basically, so I'm sure his son is following in his footsteps, and he, maybe he's, because he's his son, he's giving him a little more of a leash than he would somebody else with that kind of coaching experience. I don't know, but uh, I don't think you're going to see New England in the Super Bowl anytime soon. No, uh, I would agree with that. And I'm kind of looking at the, the career wins, and I mean, Bill's at 291 right now. Don Shula is at 328. Think you'll ever catch him? He oh, is 70 years old. I did look it up. Too. Yeah. He is 70 years old. So I, I don't know. He'd have to pull a rabbit out of his head, I think, because you know I don't think I don't think he's going to be 500 this year. Yeah. Oh, man. And then George Hallis is at 318. That's even. That's at least depending on what happens this year, then another year on top of If Brady of hadn't left, I'd say, yeah. But with Brady gone, I don't think this Mac Jones that he, kid he got from Alabama is any world beater as far as where he stands in the hierarchy of young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Heck, Andy Reid's uh, at 235. He's fifth on the all-time wins list. Still 60-some back from, from Bill, but at least he's got Patrick Mahomes for the next few years where he, if he wanted to stay around. Yeah. He's six years younger than Bill, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Andy oh. Reid's had a good career going to Philadelphia and now in Kansas City. And he's fun to watch because, man, having Pat Mahomes helps him a lot. But some of the plays he calls and the, he's got in his arsenal, they're <laughs> they're really creative. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one coach, too, that has been around for a long time where you can say he has really adapted with the trends and the times. Exactly, yeah, perfect way to say it. He really has. I mean, how many times? I mean, that was a knock on McCarthy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Legitimate. Mm-hmm. Then you see a lot of these old-time coaches that just get stuck in their ways or trying to do stuff that you know they want to do. But I think you look at what Andy Reid has done over the years, and I think it's clear to say that he's he's adjusted. And he doesn't try to fit a square peg into a round hole. No, yeah. he's coaching to his personnel. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the best tight end, pass-catching tight end in football. He's got a quarterback to get the ball out of there in a thousand different ways, underhand, sidearm, overhand, left-handed. You know, there's you can never, until he's on the ground, you never say a play is over. Right. He's just that that crafty, Mahomes is. Mm -hmm. And to uh, Andy Reid's credit, he's coached that way. He's designed the offense that way. Yep, exactly. All right, um, let's do a little receiver defer because we got a couple people asking uh, quite, have their receiver defers for you. All right, go for we got, it. We got one, so we'll uh, we'll take a quick break here and then we'll get into some receive or defer. Uh, before that, got some movement on the polls. Would you pay money to attend a game where you weren't a fan of either team? That's actually gone down. It's gone down to uh, 62% uh, of you said that you would. Uh, if Aaron Judge hits 62, do you personally recognize him as a single-season record holder? The keyword personally, that's gone up to 57.8, say no. Uh, and then I can't you, believe we got so many people around here that... Condone cheating, huh? <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, the other one, do you still get nervous about a Bill Belichick coach team? 
Uh, that's kind of gone back and forth. 52% say yes. So. Hey, what up, everybody? Dan Casper here. I hope you are enjoying this episode of the Man Cave podcast. I just wanted to send you a quick reminder that if you are not subscribing to the Man Cave podcast, do me a favor, do me a solid, and subscribe to that podcast. It's free, okay? And we're available on like every single podcasting platform out there. iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, you name it, we're probably there. And if you, uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, if you have the ability to rate or review the podcast, like on iTunes or Spotify, go ahead and do me another favor, if you don't mind, please. Five stars. Five stars. Leave a solid review, too, if you can, like on iTunes. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast, okay? And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Casper Sports, and at Twitter at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. You can even follow me on Instagram, Dan Casper Sports. Remember, that's a Casper with a K. Now, let's get back to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Let's uh, do our outdoor tidbits with the man himself, Mr. Jake Bokes, Wisconsin Conservation Warden. What up, Jake? How's the first uh, couple weeks of bow season been like for you guys? Uh, it's going pretty pretty good. There's a lot of good deer already being shot this season, and uh, it's been a fun couple first weeks. Awesome. Good deal. Hey, we got a couple questions uh, to get to here if you're ready to go here, sir. Yeah. All right. So the first one, what are the laws pertaining to e-bikes being used on public land and county forest logging roads, specifically in Chippewa County? So that's kind of, I don't want to say a loaded question, but there's a lot of potential answers to that. The, the simple answer is that whatever property you want to ride the e-bike on, you have to either Google it and read their regulations with it, or contact whoever manages that property and ask them about it because state parks, state trails, um, county forests, they're all managed by different entities, different departments, and different park managers or property managers, and they all have their own rules um, regarding them. So it's kind of a little bit of a labor-intensive thing um, because they're still a newer thing, so there's not like a general consensus on what you can do, what you can't do. Everyone kind of still has their own rules on it. Um, like, for example, for the state, I'm reading like kind of off our state website right now, uh, dnr.wisconsin.gov. It says electric bikes are allowed on some trails, but they got to be 15 miles an hour. Other trails are not allowed, um, and it goes on and on. But it's just kind of like you got to check with that property manager. So when it comes to Chippewa County logging roads, you got to call the Chippewa County Land and Conservation Department and ask them about it. So is uh, as e-bikes, as you kind of mentioned, still kind of new here. You know, I know like boats and, and ATVs, you got to register with, with the DNR. Is that like that for e-bikes right now or, or or no? Nope, nothing nothing like that as far as when it comes to the state. The state doesn't uh, regulate e-bikes. They just kind of regulate whether they're allowed on their property. Um, there's On some properties, you're allowed to operate them, but you can't utilize the electronic feature of it. You're supposed to just ride it like a regular bike. So... It really is kind of like property specific. So I know that's not a great answer, but it's the answer, unfortunately. Gotcha. Uh, one question I know you've gotten a couple times, uh, you know, is is like drones and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Jake from State Farm was yeah. with a text here 
asking, you know, there was, uh, he saw something on Facebook about, uh, uh, I'm assuming a couple guys or something like that, using a thermal drone in the process yeah. of finding a, a dead deer. What's the legality of that, he's wondering? The legality is that it is illegal, and there's documentation on it, and we have guidance. And I think we talked about it a little bit on your on one of the shows a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. But the short answer is utilizing a drone or a thermal drone for anything um, hunting-related, scouting-related is illegal. Um, whether it's considered part of the act of hunting or whether it's considered harassing wildlife in some fashion, it's illegal. So what I'm telling everybody is just stay clear of them for, from now for using them on any part of your hunt because I would hate someone to track down a state record buck or something and then, you know, post a video of them using a drone and then it being seized because of legality reasons. Until the kinks are worked out with it more, until something changes with the legislative and the state statutes, I'm encouraging everyone just to not use drones when it comes to any sort of hunting. All right, good stuff. Um, because oh. it's illegal. Right, Bob. and I, I think I saw that on the rut report about the con- the conversation they're having about it because there are people across the state offering like guide services almost for like tracking your deer. Yeah, um, technically they're in violation if they're doing that, and technically if you're utilizing them to find your deer, you're going to be in violation. Okay, because that was kind of the second part of Jake's question. He said because I noticed the the guys had a flyer up for their drone services, so they're in violation of that then. You know, it, it's a business, so we can't say, you know, you can't operate a business. But if their business ends up with them in the woods with a drone tracking a deer, um, then that, that changes it. But, mm-hmm. you know, anyone can vote a flyer for anything else it's until they engage in the act of it. Gotcha. So the best question would be if, like, that person happens to be listening or someone has more questions, you know, call your local warden and talk with them, and we can read you our laws and guidance on the subject so everyone can understand the, the exact verbiage and stuff with it. Bob, you're not feeding any more deer in the backyard with your bird feeder, are you? No, 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 no. The bird feeder is empty. I've gotten completely away from that. No. Yeah, I swung by there the other day, Bob, and took a look. And looked at, I'm kidding. Oh, that's um, I'm, I'm well, in compliance. Yeah, no, and that's the one thing, you know, um, I, I never want to take that away from people in the sense of, like, if they're listening. I'm, I feed my birds here where I live and, and everything, and I, I think it's awesome. It's a great thing to do is feed small game, feed birds. I never want to have people fear that they can't do it because it's totally legal. The only thing is just make sure, you know, if you're putting it on the ground or something, that it's just inaccessible to deer. That's the only thing with feeding, feeding the animals that I want to make sure people understand. Good stuff right there. J.K., we always appreciate the time every Thursday with you, buddy. And uh, uh, I know we had some good questions today, so thank you for answering that. And uh, let's do this again next week. Okay, bud? Definitely. That that sounds great. And I can't remember. I, I just want to sh- make a quick uh, shout-out that the youth gun deer season is almost upon us. So anyone hunting the first week in October got to just make sure they wear wear their blaze orange. That includes bull hunters and such. That is that's coming up quick already. So good reminder. Thanks, Jake, for that, bud. Yep. Yep. Have a good one, guys. You too. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder: never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. 
We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.